posted just a few days ago. As most of you know, my brother is a retired United Methodist Bishop. So um, let us pray. O living Christ, who spoke peace to the disciples adrift on the stormy Galilean Sea, speak to our restless and dispirited nation amid the political storms which threaten to destroy our common life. Help us hear again your words, peace be calm. Calm the winds of hatred and bigotry with the boundless breeze of love. Rebuke the dangerous waves of dehumanizing language and cruel policies with your words of justice and grace. Silence the cascading sounds of wailing children and families separated from one another with the joyful sounds of reunion. Keep us from drowning in the toxic waters of idolatrous political partisanship by seeking first your ring of justice, compassion, hospitality, generosity, and peace. With eyes fixed on you, O Christ, we strive to be instruments of your peace among, among the storms that surround us. Amen. 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 Good morning. Good morning. First thing we want to do is Donna is here. Uh, one of Marjorie Wilson's daughters take pictures for Marjorie of who's here. She wants to see your lovely faces. So get your big smile on. Thank you so much. So my mother can't be here yet because we can't. Uh, she still needs two, uh, one arm to not have any weight bearing activities, but July 11th she goes back to the doctor. Hopefully they'll give permission to start using two arms, which means then she can use the walker and help transfer. Uh, but she is so excited to be back in Johnson City and be back in her home church. For the last four years she has just occasionally visited in Maribel and has informed them every time they came to visit her, but, oh, but you don't need to bother, I have my church at Muncie. So thank you all for all of your cards and letters. We've been rereading a lot of those to her as we've been doing the move. So thank you so much. So we're gonna try an experiment today. Going high tech today. It's really scary. I'm a, I'm a low tech person. I don't know how many of you have seen these. We're gonna, we're gonna watch short, four short videos um, that they put together in our transition time, and they make these available to Sunday school classes. And I don't know if any of you have seen some or all of these. I don't think you probably have. Um, there are four. The uh, first ones. Uh, is from Mark and Judy, um, sort of saying goodbye. Uh, the second one, I believe, is Mark and Carol talking. Uh, the third one is Carol's sort of welcome. Uh, and then the fourth one is a, a brief question and answer with Carol. I think total it's about 11 minutes. So if you want to, we have, I haven't used this thing, this monstrosity yet behind me. So Doug showed me how to use it, so it's my fault if I can't get to work. He showed me. 
Um, but if you want to move, I don't know if you can see well on the wings, but if you want to move where you can see the screen, feel free to do that. Um, and we'll see how it works. Okay. To my church family, I want to say thank you for four wonderful years and the opportunity to serve with you and beside you. And I, um, I'll cherish these four years. Bishop Looney and I were talking the other day about Muncie Memorial, and uh, one of the things he said I think is so important that when when you've been to Muncie, uh, you've been to a place that you know that uh, will will stay in your heart, and uh, each of you will will be in in my heart. Uh, Judy and I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, uh, getting to know you, and um, and I I found that this church is a church that is still moving forward, um, and I look for great things for Muncie in the future. I know that there are things coming up in February with this Way Forward Commission, but this leadership is strong, and this staff is strong, and the very presence of God is working in your midst. The question is always asked is, uh, if Muncie Memorial were to go away, would this community suffer? And I always say to the people, yes, this community would be a whole lot darker. And because of that, I know that your future is bright. And the strength that you have with one another and the fellowship and small groups and worship experiences, God is working here. The question I always ask my staff, and I, I ask you to continue to ask yourself, where do you see God working? Where do you see God working with our children and with our youth and, and in our small groups and in our Wednesday Matters groups and our mission opportunities and different places that this church works around the world? Um, I just find it amazing. Um, and I have looked over my life. Um, this is one place that I thought I'd never be. And this is one place I really do hate to leave. Um, but God has amidst all of this. And I, I trust and, and believe that uh, God will, will continue to, to help this church be in ministry because you're in ministry to the poor as well as to those who are poor in spirit. May we continue together to look where God will lead us faithfully and obediently and with trust in, and relying on Him. Uh, people have said that they hated to see me go, but they really hated to see Judy go. So Judy wanted to say a word before we left. We just wanted to say that we love you all. We thank you for the opportunity to serve here. And um, every time we go to a church, we set out to try to lead others to Christ or help others through their walk in Christ. And every time we come, it ends up being you guys uh, helping us and showing us Christ more than us, I think, sometimes. And I just thank you for the opportunity to uh, be at this church and to learn from you and to love you. And we just love you and appreciate you. Senior pastor 
for Muncie Memorial United Methodist Church. Uh, I've known Carol for so many years and have, uh, have really been always impressed with her leadership skills and abilities. Uh, served on a personnel committee with her, uh, the conference personnel committee. They have a big name for it, but I'm not going to try to impress you with that today. But, but I always saw in, in Carol a wisdom and, and an ability to see through all the, the stuff and and make a make a wise decision, and um, I certainly did appreciate that in her. Uh, and I I I don't know who else I would have been more pleased with than having Carol to, to follow and, and continue on with the ministries and missions we have here at Muncie Memorial. And Carol, we we just welcome you. We're glad that uh, you have come to this place, and you know it uh, very well, and the folks know you. Um, I I think that at this particular time in the in the life of Muncie that uh, you're the right person to come in and take the take the next step with this church and uh, I just feel very confident and I'm very comfortable with you coming and taking over the leadership of, of this church. Um, do you want to say anything? Sure well thank you for those kind words and really appreciate that. I too have a deep appreciation for Mark and for his kindness. Um, Mark has reached out to me and to my family at some times of, of great personal need and been a pastoral presence and a, just a sign of God's grace and God's mercy in some very hard times. And, I'm, and so I have some deep personal appreciation. But Mark, I also remember your very first Sunday at Muncie. I happened to be in attendance here with my mother that day. And I remembered you holding up the pair of shoes that belonged to Bishop Looney and saying, these are mighty big shoes. I want to say to you, you filled them well. Well, thank you very much. You filled them well with your own gifts and your own leadership. And, and for that, I'm grateful. And I know this congregation is grateful, too. So as I come to Muncie, I hope that I can fill your shoes with the same kind of wisdom and grace that you did. But I also hope that I'll be able to build on those steps that you've taken as I walk in my own shoes. Absolutely. And we walk together to be who God would have us to be. Absolutely. Mark, know our prayers go with you. With gratitude for your time here and with just great expectation for your time and for Centenary. And our love goes with you and Judy as you make your new beginnings. Well, thank you very much. Hello, I'm Carol Wilson, and I am excited about the opportunity to come to serve as senior pastor at Muncie Memorial beginning July 1st. It's a great honor and privilege to be a part of this congregation's ministry. I have been blessed, as has my family, by God's faithful people who are part of this congregation across the years. And I'm aware of all of the lives that have been touched, not only in Johnson City, but all around the world because of your faithfulness. It's exciting to me to have the opportunity to come and join with you in what God is already doing in this place. I look forward to seeing you on July the 1st. I look forward to seeing again those I already know. And I'm excited to meet those of you who I haven't had the chance to meet yet. And I look forward to the chance that we will have to be God's people together. Last one. One more. You did good, Phil. 
favorite I like desserts. Uh, I tend to go for sweet things over salty. Love chocolate. I have been a Steel Magnolias fan for years, and, uh, so I'll stick with that. If I have free time, I'm most likely outside in the uh, yard. I love to uh, garden, to plant flowers, to watch things grow, to watch the birds, or you'll find me in the kitchen. I am more of a dog person. Um, I owned two cats for a while, and I called them my refugee cats. I brought them in, got them healthy, and got them into new homes. Um, but I learned that I really was a dog person. I had the opportunity to hear Desmond Tutu speak one time, and he was just full of joy. And I would love to have Desmond Tutu at the table. I think he would be fun. I think he would have wonderfully powerful stories. I would enjoy hearing him uh, and, and getting to hear him speak. I would enjoy meeting an author named Diana Butler Bass. Um, she is actually a church historian, but she's been writing recently about trends in the Christian church and places where she is seeing life. We so often talk about our demise, and what she is identifying are places where the Christian church is thriving. And I would love to hear her talk more about what she has seen and uh, learned and observed and what we can learn uh, from others. I like people. I like music. Um, I'm a rusty piano player. I've enjoyed being parts of choirs across the years. Um, I like to walk. I'm more of a walker than I'm a hiker, but I enjoy walking. Um, I enjoy reading. Uh, I like to learn new things. I like to hear other people's thoughts and hear how they are thinking about life. I've had the opportunity to see churches of all sizes over the past 12 years and to observe their ministry. What has touched my heart is how uh, powerful it is when God's people work together and the ways that they can uh, be a part of the transformation of a community as well as the transformation of an individual's life. So I am most excited and uh, most committed to helping us develop the kinds of relationships that help us be a part of God's transforming work in other people's lives. My hopes and dreams for Muncie is that we will continue to be those who trust God's faithfulness and God's grace to be sufficient for every single need. And that because we trust that, we're fearless. Meaning that we can be about what God would have us to be about. We can take risks that help us to love more fully and uh, reach out as uh, completely as we can imagine and be open to God's Spirit leading us in new and creative ways. I hope and dream that we will worship together and study together and learn together and serve together in ways that strengthen our own faith and strengthen our witness to the world. Well, I hope you found that helpful. I, I thought it might be. 
I know one of those they played last Sunday, I think, in the journey service. I don't know a lot of you don't see those. Um, I thought it was gracious for both of them to do that. Um, yeah. And as it, as it turns out, as I was thinking a couple weeks ago about um, what we might do, what we might think about um, today together uh, in the 20 minutes or so that we have, um, I was thinking of a passage of scripture that I thought we would reflect on, and it turns out uh, when I went to the uh, sanctuary service uh, to hear Carol preach her first sermon, she picked out the same passage. Um, so there you go. You can make of that what you will. Um, but it's a, it's a passage uh, from 1 Corinthians 3. Um, and there's a lot to say and not a lot of time to say about I, I want to just say a few things about this. And, and I hope this is mainly a reminder. Uh, I think it will be. Um, but I think there are certain things that um, we probably can't be reminded of too often. That they're, they're so central to who we are um, that it never hurts uh, to be reminded, particularly in these kind of transition periods uh, with leadership, uh, to kind of be reminded of, of the big picture. Um, I think it's I think it's appropriate to to realize that uh, you know I don't know your own personal relationships with Mark and Judy, uh, but I know a lot of you uh, love them dearly, as did I. And uh, I think it's appropriate to grieve uh, when someone leaves. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there's a, a kind of appropriateness to that. Um, but I think. As you can sense here in Mark and Carol's videos uh, to Muncie, um, that they want us to be reminded of the big picture, right? This isn't about them. Um, it's not about Mark. It's not about Carol. And um, Paul was wrestling that with that in Corinthians, as it turns out. Uh, Paul Paul had a pretty rocky relationship with the Corinthian church. And um, there's a lot going on. Um, he's, there's been some correspondence. Apparently, um, they've sent him a letter. And he's also heard some other things. You know how you get sort of official communication and something comes along and says, and you also need to know, like, this is going on too. Like, here's the real story. Um, Paul's sort of gotten that information about what's going on in Corinth. Corinth is, is a church that he began, the church in Corinth. And, uh, and he's gone now, but he's hearing back from them, and things aren't going well. And a lot of them are kind of uh, dismissive of Paul, even though he began the church. And part of what's going on, part of what he hears about, is that there's divisions within the church because people are sort of deciding like who, who's their favorite preacher teacher right um, and, the, and so there's these kind of divisions in the church and it comes up in the very first chapter so if you look in chapter 1 of Corinthians listen to what 
uh, this is starting at verse 10, after his sort of introduction and greeting and his giving thanks to God for them. He says, Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it's been reported to me by Chloe's people, like I've heard, okay, got the inside scoop, <laughs> that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, meaning Peter, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. They go, then he goes on to talk in the next, kind of moves away from these divisions, to go on to talk about the, the wisdom of the cross, which seems to be folly. He talks about how the, the Greeks seek wisdom, and, and most of the Corinthian church is Greek. And they're pretty fascinated with this notion of wisdom. And part of what their, these divisions are coming to is apparently they think some of their teachers offer them a little fancier wisdom, a little more um, powerful rhetorical flourish than Paul. I mean, Paul just wants to talk about the cross. I mean, that doesn't sound like wisdom. I mean, that a Messiah would come and die on the cross. I mean, that, Paul admits that just seems foolish. Um, it was a stumbling block uh, to the Jews. It's foolishness to the Greeks. Um, and yet Paul is adamant that God's wisdom is greater than the wisdom of this world and that to the world it looks like foolishness. And so, and because of that, the point of that, he says, is so that none of us may boast in ourselves. And, and Paul's worry that people, um, part of what they're dividing into is really about them, because Paul's pretty clear that uh, none, of these, none of these teachers are actually um, sort of encouraging this kind of divisiveness. Um, but it turns out that the people you know, want to sort of divide themselves up because they have, they have their favorites. But Paul wants them to know that it's not about them. So he has this discussion about wisdom and the wisdom of the cross and the wisdom of the gospel that doesn't look like wisdom at all to the world. And then he comes back to this issue of division in what we know as chapter 3. And so in verse 5 he says, What then is Apollos. What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose and each will receive wages according to the labor of each. For we are God's servants, 
working together. You are God's field, God's building. So Apollos um, was a Greek. Um, and he apparently came and sort of nurtured the church after Paul did. And he probably had some Greek training and he might have been uh, a little bit more learned in some ways, in, in Greek ways, than Paul was. And so it's not surprising that some people might have found him a little more attractive um, and persuasive um, and maybe even wise teacher than Paul. But Paul's trying to be clear that it's not, it's not about Paul, it's not about Apollos, it's not about anybody other than what God is doing in the church. And he has no desire to pit himself against Apollos. He doesn't have anything bad to say about Apollos because he doesn't think this is about Apollos. He doesn't think Apollos is encouraging this, right? He says that they're, they're actually both fellow servants. Paul planted the seeds in Corinth. Apollos has come along and watered. But the one who plants and the one who waters at the end of the day aren't anything if God doesn't give the growth. They, they are servants of the one who gives the growth. All that they do is ordered to what God is about. They are servants of God. So you don't belong to Paul. You don't belong to Apollos. You all belong to God. And all the servants belong to God. You belong to each other. And so there's, there's no need uh, for this kind of rivalry that's actually dividing the church. And what it's interesting that Paul, after the first four chapters, never mentions this rivalry again. So that there are deep problems in the church, but he actually thinks this issue of rivalry is just a symptom of a deeper problem. And that is that they fundamentally misunderstood that this thing called the church, the body of Christ, is this beautiful work that God is doing in the world. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense to the world. And yet, they need to see this. They need to understand that yes, God has a place for leaders. God has a place for the one who plants. It's not like they don't do anything. Uh, so their work is important, but it's all ordered to something much bigger than them. It's not about them. And I think uh, on, during these transition times where we are rightly mourning uh, Mark and Judy leaving, we're rightly anticipating Carol's coming. Um, but that's all well and good. Um, but we, we need to remember uh, that's not about Mark and it's not about Carol. And, and they would want us to say that. Uh, I think we're the ones, I mean, Apollos and Paul have this clear. <laughs> it's the people around them that got confused, that forgot. And I think it, our temptation, um, because we live in a culture actually, um, and this, this has sort of uh, infected the church where we have a kind of 
sociologists talk in, in cultures like ours, we have a, almost like a cult of the leader. And it happens in the church now, right? Uh, you ask a lot of people like, why do they attend a certain church? Well, it's because of the pastor, right? As if it's about the pastor. It's not about the pastor. And God uses pastors, yes. But they are servants to something bigger than them, and it's not about them. And most, if not all, of them know that. But it's easy for us in a, in a world where we're in all kinds of subtle and not so subtle ways encouraged to sort of uh, place so much emphasis on our leaders and to think that what our leaders, that the leaders themselves are, are the center of, the, of what they're leading. But the church is not like any other human organization. It's not. And so that's why Paul wants to say, he opens up chapter 3 by saying, you know, this is really basic stuff. But you haven't, you're not even really ready to, to see some of the meaty things. Because I think what they're saying is, you know, well, Apollos has taught us some really wise things. And like, we're really getting wise under Apollos leadership. And Paul says, you know, you don't even get the basics yet. Right? I mean, he comes pretty close to insulting them in the opening verses of chapter 3. He just says, you're still infants, right? It's like, at some point, if you raise your children, at some point you looked at your child who was having a temper tantrum, and you just said, grow up, right? You either said that, or maybe someone said that to you, right? Uh, and Paul's trying to say that with a little more gentleness, but not much. He's just saying, grow up. Okay? Grow up. Um, this is not, it's not about you, and it's, and it's certainly not about your leaders. Uh, you are all co-workers together, part of this amazing, amazing gathering of people that God has chosen to use to bring about God's will on earth. It's pretty extraordinary. We've talked about that before. I mean, if, if I were God, and I'm not, and we could all be thankful for that, but if I were God, I was thinking, you know, um, would I choose this motley group of people <laughs> to uh, this hodgepodge collection of people here in this little town in East Tennessee, would I use them as my embodied witness to the world of what God desires for all of creation? I'm not sure that'd be my plan. <coughs> right? I, I think I would have circumvented us. Right? Just leave us out of the equation. That just seems like foolishness. Because we're frail. I'm frail. You're frail. Um, we just got to be honest about that. And yet God has no desire to transform the world apart from us. I mean, that's pretty extraordinary when you think about it. God has no desire to transform the world apart from us. 
And so God calls us to be co-workers with Christ. But the gospel, the crucified and resurrected Lord, is, is scandalous. It's foolishness to the world. And it doesn't have to be announced with fancy language. Paul's very clear about this. Um, because at the end of the day, our boasting is in God, not in ourselves or our preachers or our teachers or our leaders. That's good news. Um, because it means, I mean, there's all of us, I mean, some of you are lifelong Methodists, Other you, others of you have come uh, to Muncie uh, by different routes, uh, myself included. And lots of people might have all kinds of questions about whether uh, the Methodist itineracy system uh, still has a future in the 21st century uh, United States. Um, lots of faithful Methodists have those questions too. But you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, the church around the world, across history, has been organized in lots and lots of different ways. And God still seems to work through it. Uh, we haven't seemed to, uh, either we haven't worked hard enough, or thank God we haven't worked hard enough. We haven't seemed to be able to sort of thwart what God's about uh, completely. This is good. And so, um, I think it's important to remind ourselves that you know, United Methodism has its challenges just like every other denomination has its own challenges. Um, but God is still at work. And what, what God has called us to do actually hasn't changed whether Mark's the pastor or Carol's the pastor. Uh, our, our task hasn't changed, nor has theirs. Right? And one of the things... Um, we think about, it's easy for us to think about how hard it is for us, but I mean, when you become an elder in the United Methodist Church and are a pastor, I mean, one of the things that you do in ordination is you promise to go where you're sent. Right. Um, most of us might not make that promise. Right. That's not an easy thing to do, to trust to trust God to work through bishops and committees and people for the good of the church, right? Is what, which is what also bishops are committed to, right? That their decisions will be good for the total church. And you and I often are in a position to see that, right? Um, I, was, I was thinking about this this week. It, it's a rare family who doesn't have to make hard choices in your own family to make sure that one of your children has something, some kind of special need that needs to be taken care of. And sometimes some of the other children can't see, like, why are we doing this for that child? Right? Remember tensions like that in your family? Imagine being a bishop with hundreds of churches, hundreds of churches, 
and you're trying to make sure that each church has the leadership that's best for them at that point. Would you want that job? I wouldn't want that job. I can't, I can't, keep, I can't keep track of my five children and what's good for them, right? I can't imagine, I can't imagine that, right? And so, yes, I'm emptying out the room now. I knew when I started bringing up bishops, everyone would just leave. Yeah. So, you know, we should always be in prayer, not just for our pastors, but for the leadership in the church as well. Really, really difficult. I can't imagine uh, the challenges that must be there. Um, and most of us, probably none of us, are in a position to know like all the, the all that goes into making those decisions, right? And um, so I just wanted us to, to be reminded today in, in this few minutes that um, yes, we're sad Mark and Judy have left. We're delighted that Carol's come. I feel quite sure that God's going to continue to do through Muncie Church, uh, what God has been about here for many, many years. And Carol addressed that beautifully in her own sermon this morning as she told her own story about her family's connection to, to Muncie. Um, so let, let's do what we can um, to support Carol and, and Muncie Church and all the leadership here. Um, our job hasn't changed. Um, what God's about here hasn't changed and um, and I'm deeply grateful for this class uh, there's a lot of leadership um, and I know Carol's deeply grateful for this class um, there's a lot of leadership in this um, this class and not just positional leadership you, you can you can be a leader without having a named position <laughs> uh, but a lot of you are leaders here uh, fault leaders, faith leaders here in this congregation. And I know Carol is deeply grateful for your clear understanding um, that what's going on here in our transition is really not about Carol. It's not about Mark. Uh, it's about what God's going to continue to do here at Muncie and through Muncie, regardless of who's in a particular uh, named leadership role. So that's a pretty amazing thing. You know, there are a lot, uh, a lot of human organizations that you think just live and die by who's in the leadership position. Um, but God, God is leading this thing called the church. And all of us, as Paul says here, are fellow leaders, our fellow workers, co-workers. Um, we're the field that God's planting. Um, but God ultimately is the one who brings the growth. So all our work is ordered to that. And may, may we take joy in that. Uh, may we uh, have some um, hope and enthusiasm about what God's going to do um, here in the coming months and years. Um, I imagine we're just going to be doing what Muncie's been doing for scores and scores of years. It's just like keep on keeping on, right? Just keep doing what you do, um, which is being a presence of a living God uh, here in this little part of the world.
Let's pray together. Gracious God, we give you great thanks that you have called us on this adventure uh, to be co-workers uh, with you uh, in Christ, to be part of your church, uh, to be a living embodiment of your desires, not just for us, but for your entire creation. We give you thanks for the leadership at Muncie Church across generations. Uh, we give you thanks for faithful men and women who have um, made this church a place uh, where people could see the gospel embodied in daily life. We pray that we would be reminded daily about this beautiful thing that you are doing, not just through this congregation, but through other congregations around the world, and that we get to be part of this adventure. Uh, may we have hope in what you're doing. Uh, may we seek to be, by your grace and by your spirit, faithful to our callings to be co-workers. We give you thanks for Mark and Judy and their leadership. Pray your blessing on them as they begin uh, today also. And pray your continued blessing on Carol uh, as she uh, begins her ministry in our midst. May we support her, encourage her, and be reminded um, that we're her co-worker and that we are working, laboring in the same field, and that ultimately all that any of us do and all that all of us do is dependent on the work of Christ and the work of the Spirit, uh, bringing the growth and maturity that you desire. We pray this uh, through the one whose death and burial and resurrection uh, we proclaim as good news to the world. Jesus Christ. Amen.